Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Gato. My name is Hans. I'm Edward. And we are your hosts for now and forevermore. Or until one of us becomes famous novel writers, you know, and just... I'm so glad you're doing these positive affirmations because I was just like, as you started until one of us and I was like, what, are we going to die? Are we going like, to fall? Oh, no. like, what? like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, oh, is he breaking the positivity streak? <laughs> I try not to. I'll, I'll try to keep it up. If you are one of our regular listeners, welcome back, bitches. If you are new, welcome to one of the internet's best repositories for gaming, entertainment, technology, and lifestyle, news, reviews, previews, and discussion, all wrapped up in a wonderful pinata of good things. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So we can bash yeah. his brains out and then eat the goodness. <laughs> yeah. You know? So we can get all the things, you know. <laughs> Edward, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm actually very good. Um... No caveats to that. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Actually, uh, this week, or rather this weekend, uh, I'm not really sure when those of you who will be listening to the podcast will listen, but it is my parents' 45th wedding anniversary. So we're going to be celebrating in a little bit of a muted fashion because of COVID, but either way, it's just a wonderful celebration, 45 years. And if you're watching this That's video, I'm going to tilt amazing. my head ever so slightly and you will actually see something that I've bought for them, which is the secret. It's these uh, beautiful gold roses that last up to, I think, two years. I think they've been dipped in like 18 karat gold or something ridiculous. Um, but That's, I just thought it was something but, lovely uh-huh. to, you know, to commemorate. Well, I hope they don't hear me. <laughs> I know they don't listen. That's but... <laughs> what I was thinking as well. The moment you saw that, I was looking at your door or where I know your door is. And I was like, uh... <laughs> All right, so let's um let's launch straight into our review section. Hmm. It's a, a good one this year. Uh, this episode, this year, it's so far well, it's this, been this, good. this year this has year. been surprisingly good as well. Let's be real. Yeah. Let's be real. For those of you long time listeners, you'll know there's a lot of movie content this week, and there'll be even more movie and TV series for next week because Netflix has released something I'm so keen to watch, that new Shadow and Bone show. And everybody's raving about it. They're kind of like, it's the young adult version of Game of Thrones. Although I'm hoping it's a bit more Game of Thrones than young adult. Uh, But of course, we'll save that for next week because goodness knows I will will have finished it by then. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) um, We also do have some video games in the wings, but nothing for this week. And of course, we no longer want to give you guys too many tantalizing previews. Other than the fact that we were supposed to receive code for a certain game and we didn't this week, but we'll speak about that at a later stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're investigating. They're not sure why we didn't because uh, they use automated systems, you know, things we have spoken about in the past. It's quite cool when it works, you know, but, you know, things are not infallible, as we know in yeah. the previous episode where my voice disappeared. So, uh, back reining it back into reviews and previews, I watched a lot of movies in the past week, more so than TV series, and I came away mostly disappointed. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah, if I look at the list of movies, I know many of these were... Mm, you know, so let me just go right into the first one, and that is Thunder Force on Netflix. Now, I'm sure many of you are just hearing that word, and you're just like, why, Hans? Why did you forsake yourself to two hours of drivel like that when 
you could easily tell from the trailer that this was something that should have been skipped, given how <laughs> even the trailer had such bad CGI on Melissa McCarthy's face. That not, <laughs> even the, not even the trailer. Uh, okay, uh, this might be a bit controversial, but even Melissa McCarthy herself, I don't think any movie associated Look, with her is she. Good. She has her moments, right? Like, as far as I can recall, and I stand to be corrected, I think Bridesmaids was her big, her her big sort of coming onto the scene, right? And she was absolutely hilarious in that. And unfortunately, I think for her, she's been typecast ever since. So, you know, there have been one or two roles where she's been able to, you know, portray a more serious character. And I do remember one where I think she was a... Um, not a spy. I don't remember if she was a spy or just some lady, but she actually did a very decent job in that role. Um, anyway, back to Netflix's Thunder Force. It yeah, is yeah, yeah. supremely disappointing. Do not bother watching this pile of trash unless you really have nothing better to do with your time. Now, of course, I am approaching this very much from an adult standpoint, as well as somebody who really does enjoy quality. Never mind the fact that I guess quality is subjective to many people. But what I'm basically getting at is Kong, Godzilla vs. Kong is a better film than Thunder Force. And that really should tell you everything oh. you need to know about <laughs> whether or not... <laughs> That's saying a lot. Whether or not this is even worth having on in the background. Now, with that said, I do feel that maybe children would probably get the most out of it. And that's just mm. because it's really very... Made for children, I guess, you know? And I don't know how else to say it. You know, like, it's got that very Disney feel, you know, Disney show feel where things are really hammed up and, you know, cliched and you know what's going to happen and the acting is bad. Now, with that said, uh, Miss McCarthy and Olivia Spencer, they do their roles justice. They do as good as they can with whatever script they've been dealt with. But it's the supporting mm. cast, the, the unknowns in the role, specifically Olivia Spencer's daughter and then, like, you know, the kids that they cast at the beginning of the film to portray the younger versions of Melissa and Olivia. And they're just awful. They're just, it's just bad. Um, you know, in addition to that, the special effects are, it's clearly a made for TV movie. Um, you know, I don't, uh, that, that doesn't often happen anymore, you know, with modern technology, but gosh, damn, is this movie just really bad? Like, I mean, there is a, a very particular scene, which somebody pointed out to me, um, on Twitter when I mentioned that I was watching this film and I didn't realize it was in the trailer and it has to do with when she picks up the bus to throw it the shadows are not right on her face and it's not corrected for the movie either. It's literally bad. Like you can, it's just bad, like badly done. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's meant to be that way. You know, no, like shark boy kind no, of it's bad. no, uh, no, I think if it was meant to be like a sharknado kind of thing, it would have been really, really hammy straight from the get go. You know, like the, the premise yeah. is, the, the premise is really good. You know, it starts off with how there was this, mystical event and what it did is it made everybody who was a um a sociopath it gave them abilities so every sociopath in the city gained you know superhero abilities so the premise is very interesting like what do you do if only sociopaths have abilities like how do you control this like what you know it's got an interesting premise mm -hmm. and then what happens is olivia spencer is the scientist who naturally you know, she devotes her life to science because her parents were killed by a I forgot the name that they give these bad people or whatever they are. Um, so she devotes her life to it and she finally finds like a super serum, which Melissa McCarthy accidentally injects herself with, obviously. Anyway, uh, then the movie, you know, it, it plays out and 
the premise is good, but the execution is just awful. It's also, and I really don't like this word, but it is super woke for the sake mm. of being woke. You know, and yeah. like what I mean by that is I'm all for representation of of anything and everything. Okay. Everybody should be included and inclusive, but it is so forced in this film. Like mm. it's been it's been included for the sake of being included, not because it's there to help further the cause. That's what I'm trying to to get at. See, that's detrimental to the cause, in my opinion. Look, it's uh, not done in a puerile manner, at least. But you know, it's kind of like it just gets shoehorned in, and you're like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. It's not a big deal. But <laughs> anyway, it's it's not worth your time. If you have children, maybe you know, put it on for them. But then you best be reading a book or something on in the background because you're going to be bored mm. out of your mind. Anyway, that's Thunder Force. Disappointing Netflix. Disappointing. <laughs> The next movie, also a Netflix original, um, it's called The Dig. And it's uh, it got a very small cast with the two most notable actors being Ralph Fiennes and Carrie Mulligan. And they basically drive the, the movie forward. Now, it's very much a slow burn um, and it has to do with archaeology. How Carrie Mulligan's character owns this piece of land and on it there are these mounds and she contracts Ralph Fiennes to come around and possibly dig through them and see what can be found. And just so happens mm. they find something from the Anglo-Saxon era. So it's got an a, a interesting premise in the sense of, you know, you know, it's set in old World War II Britain. And, you know, they show aspects of the war and how it's devastated families and, you know, how they did their best to preserve archaeological sites and facts from the destruction by the Germans and so on and so forth. And, I thought that it was it, it was a decent movie. I would have I would say average going towards good because the acting is very 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 good, but it is slow and you know, it it you kind of wonder what the purpose really is to the film, uh, mainly because it's about excavating this Anglo-Saxon uh, ruin from Vikings and whatever the case is. But there's no real narrative to speak of. You know, it's basically Carrie Mulligan's character and she's basically dying and then she gets this guy and they form a nice relationship and then you kind of know that at the end when he when she passes away because the husband already died in the war that the little boy will be looked after by the archaeologist and his wife. <laughs> you know, so... So it's just... It, it, it's, it, it's, it's just a, a train of narrative, basically. Yes, it's basically... Home. It's like a snapshot into this life, you know, which, which is not bad. Like, I previously spoke about Minari, which did it expertly with the Korean mm. family in the 80s America. Now, this is yeah. similar, except it's, war, it's a war-torn era. You know, so if you like a period drama, it's it's good. It's it's quite sad. Um, mm. Not like, okay, well, I didn't cry in the film, but, it, you know, you get to the point of tears, you know? Um, mm. But it's it's okay. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, now, moving on to something else. Another, this time an animation. And weirdly enough, this is an Oscar-nominated animation from Apple TV. So mm. it's called Wolf Walkers and it's it's beautiful if too long. So animations are generally short for a host of reasons, namely because they are targeted towards the youth, you know, children. Mm. This movie borders on two hours and I can actually tell you as an adult who was invested in the beginning of the film, it really drags on, mostly because it's a very 
overdone premise. You, you know it already. You know that there's a character and then this character meets other characters which possibly need your help and they're going through something because there's a big bad that's involved and then, you know, the protagonist's father doesn't believe in her. You know, it's the typical the typical cartoon trope. You know, yeah. they, they, use, they use a lot of the same mechanics from all of the previous ones. Where the movie does excel is in audio and visual design. It is, it is a spectacular animation. And in that regard, I would say it's well worth just watching, just for the technicalities of how they did it. Because it's not clean. So what I mean by this is, it's kind of, to me, it was like a mix of uh, Disney's classic Sleeping Beauty with something new like Dex's laboratory. Oh, I say new, but you, you get what I'm trying to get with. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, it's like a merger of the two with like an extra bit of unevenness. And when I say unevenness, I mean like they, are, they purposefully leave in certain lines to show where they're drawing like joints and things. It's a bit difficult to explain, mm-hmm. but it's a really beautiful aesthetic. And the story itself is okay. You know, there's a nice resolution towards the end and how they become a family, you know, but it's the typical... Typical cartoon thing. You know, it doesn't push the boundaries in the way that something like Avatar does. You know, with The Legend of Korra and so on and so forth. Like, those might be anim- animated, but gosh damn, are their narratives exceptional. Mm. So, Wolfwalkers is, is it's, it's decent. I would say it's, it's good, I suppose, because it's a beautiful story, but it is very long. And I can't imagine children being entertained. I think if I got bored, I would imagine children would get bored much sooner than I did <laughs> throughout the, 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 the film. Um, but yeah. it's by no means bad. And, and unfortunately, I, I neglected to write down who the voices were uh, for the cast. But I suppose, at the, uh, I, I do know that Sean Bean was one of the characters, um, which I thought was really quite funny because of Game of Thrones. And also his voice is so instantly recognizable. <laughs> so Did he die? <laughs> That's the question. I, will, I cannot reveal what happens in the Ooh. film. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Wolfwalker's decent animation i would have liked to Mm. i would have hoped it would have pushed the boundaries a little bit more in terms of narrative but you know from a visual perspective and audio perspective it's it's beautiful um another film that we watched recently wild mountain time Mm. avoid 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 (laughs) oh i was wondering about this no i mean no it's not it's not awful it actually has a bit of charm to it. So let me rather say it is very much a okay. average romantic comedy. Okay, and okay. in that sense, I mean, it's set in Ireland um, and it stars Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan as the, the main protagonists, you know, whereby they're neighbors and they've lived next to each other for all of their lives. But Jamie Dornan is a little bit slow. Um, so even though he's meant to, like he knows he loves um Enemy Blunt's character, but he's just never pursued her for whatever reason. I think it's due to insecurity. Yeah. You know, and like that part of the story was nice and in a sense to me, quite relatable, you know, but where it really drops the ball a bit is in the slapstick humor that it employs, complete with sounds. So like there's this, I distinctly remember there's this one piece where uh, Dornan is in the fields with the cows and he's got his... uh, um, you know, that machine, that metal detector. And he's looking for the ring that he lost because he wants to propose to Emily Blunt's character with it. And there's literally a piece where he stands there and as Emily looks up, um, he, there's that whole whoop 
you know, and he slips. <laughs> and I'm just like, really? Okay. Like, that is just so, it's stupid. You know, it's it's that like dumb, I don't know how what, how, how else to describe it. It's just it's like, it's like dumb. Like, you look at it like, that's stupid. That Was that necessary? You know? Mm. Um, the I will admit that the the script is quite, it's quite witty. It's very quick. It's also very Irish. So, you know, if you don't really know the accent very well, you will struggle. You will struggle to hear what they're saying, first of all. And then secondly, they also speak in like riddles. So sometimes like you're watching, you're like, what is happening? <laughs> you know, what are they discussing really? You know, uh, like they're speaking okay. in code. It's, it's not, it's not awful. It's not awful, but it's also very predictable. You know, like obviously there's another person that gets involved who's the third person in the love triangle. And of course, Emily Blunt's character needs to go with him to know that she definitely loves Jamie Dornan's character. And then, of course, he has to be there. So Jamie gets a kick up the ass to finally propose to of her. You, you, you know, the general. It's, it's a bit predictable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The general just. Now, one thing I have to add, I just have to, is Christopher Walken is in this film as well. Okay? Yes. And my gosh, does he have a bad Irish accent. <laughs> See, that's what gets me. Like, Christopher, we all love Christopher Walken, but why, if you have an Irish film set in Ireland, why don't you employ actors that are Irish, like Gerard Butler, Shores Ronan, um, okay. all of those, you know? So, to answer this, and you are right, they should have just cast, they should have just made the cast all Irish, okay, and just kept it in Ireland. Yeah. But what I think. I think happened, like, personally, while I was watching, I thought that maybe, look, maybe this was the plan all along, but I have a feeling that they cast Christopher Walken and then realized he couldn't do the accent and then change the script afterwards. <laughs> because, <laughs> because they explain it away eventually by the fact that he's actually American and then his nephew is coming to visit because there's a land dispute about who gets the land. <laughs> And, and of course, that nephew is the other love interest. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but okay, okay, but okay. it feels it feels so not forced, but just it just <laughs> feels a little bit like, hmm, I really wonder if this was meant to be or if this was shoehorned in at the last minute. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I guess we'll never okay. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Wild Mountain Time is a rom-com, but it's an average rom-com. It's not. Not one I would say is. Uh, I was so excited for it. Yeah, I know, right? I also I enjoy mm. romantic comedies. So I won't lie, mm. you know. So it, it was disappointing. My mother loved it though, but I was just like rolling my eyes every two seconds. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, moving on to another film, and we actually watched this last night, so it's very fresh in my memory. Netflix's Stowaway. So this one actually it crept up on me. I wasn't really aware of it, to be honest. Uh, I saw a teaser for it on Twitter yesterday, actually, um, with a review, which I didn't read because when I saw the teaser, I was like, this looks very interesting. And it has a pretty incredible cast. It's it's very character driven. Um, and what it's about essentially is how there is a stowaway on board a space vessel. Uh, to elaborate a little bit more on this, and this you eventually find out through the film, is that Earth has colonized Mars. And, you know, the people already are there. There's a colony on Mars. And now this new mission, they're sending through additional supplies, um, you know, with a botanist and there's a doctor on board. And, um, you know, it's basically they're on their way to Mars. It's a two-year voyage. And 
things don't go according to plan, as is generally the case in a film. <laughs> yeah. Now, usually. Uh, the the cast are it's Tony Collette, Daniel Day Kim, and Anna Kendrick. They're the three main ones, mm-hmm. and then there's somebody who I have I haven't seen before, but by the name of Shamir Anderson, and he's absolutely incredible in this role. And I'll speak a little bit more about that in in a, in a moment. And the way it works is they've all departed Earth, and 12 hours later, through a really random, I mean. <laughs> Okay, let me, let me rather say it's a very, very slow burn. The movie is very slow, all right? It takes, it's two hours, but it takes ages to really get going. And what happens is they finally discover that Shamir is on board and somehow he was accidentally sealed into some panel in the roof. And, you know, when they find him, he falls on the captain, so breaking her arm. And, you know, it's this whole palaver of now there's four people on this ship and there should have been a mission with only three and because he was in this roof when he fell out he ended up damaging a component which totally makes that unit go offline and that unit of course happens to be the life preserving unit so without that they now don't have enough oxygen for all of them to make it to mars and so on and so forth all right so that's technically mm-hmm. where the drama starts picking up where um you know, Tony Collect as a captain asks Daniel Day Kim to get out these um, their algae, which they're supposed to take to Mars to create atmosphere there to use on board the ship because obviously they don't have oxygen scrubbers anymore. It, it, what, I, what I will say is that for the most part, they do a really good job of keeping it seemingly realistic, with the mm-hmm. exception of the gravity they have on board, which they explain away in terms of uh, because it, the the way the ship works is it works in a centrifugal. Um, you know, it, it's constantly spinning to create an artificial gravity. They don't really get into the in-depth of how it's done, but you just have to assume that that's, that's how they're doing it. You know, that's how they're achieving it. Mm-hmm. And from a character progression standpoint, I think the movie is very good. You know, the acting is top-notch from everybody involved, top-notch. And given how the entire movie is led by these four people, I was sold on it. You know, the the, the way that they interacted with each other, it's just very good. Where it starts to fall apart a little bit, though, is in the way they behave. So what inevitably happens is it comes down to the fact that they have to get rid of one of them because, you know, the the botanist tries his algae experiment or whatever and it fails and therefore there's only enough life support for three people. So, so then they need to essentially get rid of one. And then it's the whole psychological element of how, how, who do you pick and how do you rationalize killing somebody in order for the others to survive? And of course, it's an easy yeah. pick at the grand scheme of things because the guy who was the stowaway shouldn't have been there to begin with. All right. Mm-hmm. And the others are more qualified. You know, it, it's a very interesting debate around the whole thing. And I believe that the way that it was acted is very, very well done. Now, of course, I'm hoping that wasn't too much of a spoiler. There are a few other things along the way, and I'll try not really say what happens, but the the, the, the TLDR is that these super experienced characters, like there's, I won't say whom, so it doesn't spoil what happens. The one character who literally teaches the other characters how to do the certain thing, all right, ends up not doing it in the film and ruining their chances of survival. (laughs) 
and you're just like decisions. you're just looking at that and you're like what like yeah. that doesn't make sense it, you know so the, and then then there's also a scenario where while they're doing something to try and su- get additional life support going for all of them that there's this other thing that has to happen and i'm just like there's no way that if we have the tech to go all the way to mars don't tell me that you only know when something is happening 5 minutes before it happens you would yeah. know like hours before this this incident it, they're talking about solar flares, okay? I would like to imagine that you know hours in advance when they're coming. You can predict them. We, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe now, I'm wrong. Even days in advance. Look, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, right? But they use that as like one of the plot points. And I just like, you just look at that and you're like, okay, you mean, you, you mean to tell me y'all went out of the cabin to do this without knowing this was a possibility? Like, what? You, anyway, I, I don't want to... It's, it's average. I... I, I hmm loved the characters like i was i would the acting is exceptional the the premise is is great but there are a lot of dumb things along the way like how did he get sealed in the compartment you know it's never explained it's never you're never told how he was sealed in this compartment like he was literally sealed in as in the captain had to get a a screwdriver thing to screw out the screws for him to come out of the the thing and you're just like how it means that he was put there it's too convenient. That's no, no, what I mean is if maybe he was knocked out and then his legs or whatever got caught in something and then he was like visibly stuck. Does that make sense? Instead of yeah, being yeah, yeah. sealed in some compartment in the roof that you need a screwdriver to release. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like how do you explain that? You can't. It would mean that he was maybe conked over the head and he was put there, which then leads to what the hell is going on? Why is he there? Who would do this to him? Do you get what I'm saying? Unless this he did it like himself. It, yeah, silly. I don't know. They don't really... It should have been a whodunit. A murder mystery. But you see, then it wouldn't have worked because they were in space. So then the whodunit would have happened on Earth. Anyway, anyway, that doesn't matter. What I'm trying to get at is I expect... I didn't have any, I didn't have any expectations going into the film. I enjoyed what I watched, but the nonsensical bits ruined it for me. And I think that a lot of people will feel very similarly. You know, so yeah. it's, it's, it's average. Like, I mean, I want to say watch it. You know, just for the the, the 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 space element, because we have very few really good things. Like, I still think that Sandra Bullock's gravity was fantastic. Um, you know, I felt it was, it was yes, sure, maybe, obviously, it's a little bit OTT. But, I mean, her portrayal and her fear really came through. And, you know, the tension of her surviving was just fantastic. And they do a fairly good job of that in this film. You know, like, they do build up the tension, but it's a very, very slow burn. And then when the nonsensical things happen, you're like, oh. What a waste, you know? You wasted my time getting to this point because you've they've done something stupid which they shouldn't have done because you know that they're trained and they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and I understand, you know, things happen in stressful situations and things, but it's like the most basic of things. And that is you... you we, we, even I know through shows like The Expanse and real-life astronauts, you always tether yourself. Always. That's so in what one. world are you up out there in space and you're not tethering yourself to anything? Like, what are you, yeah. what, what? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's that. <laughs> Stowaway on Netflix, it's average. Um, it's not the most, you know, I expected more, I suppose, once it started. But yeah, that's it. Ed, I don't know if you have anything that you've watched recently or on the agenda, maybe. Um, 
on the agenda <laughs> is Mandalorian season two. Finally, <gasps> I so, need to watch that as well. By the way, I haven't. Yeah. So uh, shall shall I'm we both binge it in the next week and speak about it next week? I, I should be done by next week. Yeah? yeah, fantastic. I will. I will join you in that quest, and we can actually have a nice discussion because mm. I do know. I mean, it's been spoiled who the cameo is yeah. at the end. But like, yeah, I don't I've care. I want to watch spoiled, it. I yeah. want to see it. I want to see it happen. So that's not really one of those spoilers. Because I mean, hello, this takes place before all the movies. So if you know the movies, you kind of know some of these characters are going to be there. You know? <laughs> I just want... Mike, now that we've been spoiled on that, though, I wonder how that is supposed to factor into the movies. That doesn't make sense to me. So I guess season with, three with, will... With Mando? That. Yeah, no, not ah. with the character, the, the cameo well, character. Let's see, let's see, because I'm yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if Marvel or rather Disney is going to do the whole MCU thing, but I, no, I, I do don't. know that that Mandalorian is canon. So mm-hmm. whether or not they will directly link it to maybe like the Obi Wan Kenobi show, maybe, or maybe some Rebels, something. Or Rebels, we'll see, yes, we'll see. Yes. Look, yeah. well, yes, I think Rebels is the most likely one because, as far as I understand, yeah. Ahsoka makes an appearance. She, yeah, she does Mando? mid-season. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. Okay. Now, with that cartoon on the mind, because mm-hmm. cartoons be bay. Yeah. I need to introduce you all to the only cryptocurrency worth your money. Hello <laughs> to the Charizard token. Let's be real though. If this were a Jurassic Park crypto, you'd listen, be all listen, about that. Listen, Edward. If there was like a Velociraptor token and a T, never mind, just just a JP one and buying into it funded the possibility of genet- of funding genetic research for this to happen. You can bet your sweet ass that all my expendable income would be, You'll be all over that. that. Okay, <laughs> let me tell you. Right, so there is a Charizard token, just like a Dogecoin, mm. and we've previously spoken about um, non-fungible tokens in the past, and that kitty game, that's actually a currency, weirdly enough. So yeah. anybody with the will and the tech savvy can create a token. How about a Giddle token, y'all? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want that. You don't want to get I it all, merch. all the time? <laughs> No. Oh, how about how about this? We'll sell our Gettle merch with NFTs. They, yeah, that or something that like works. that. Anyway, that's a compromise. So, the Charizard token, as the name implies, the name is based on Charizard, one of the mm-hmm. absolute best Pokemon from the original 151. One of my personal favorites, along with several others, which I won't give away because I've previously used for them as passwords. And <laughs> by the way, I use a password randomizer now, so good luck, hackers. And um, <laughs> that's not an invitation, by the way. It, please give it away. Please don't. Wobbuffet <laughs> um, rocks 101. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what's interesting about this, and, and I, I like this aspect about the coin, is sure, at first glance, you're like, this, this is a joke. There's no way this is real. No, no, no. It's 100% legit. So... 38,000, 30, sorry, 38 million of these Charizard coins have been made. And what makes them even more unique is that every time there's a transaction, 5% of the transaction gets destroyed by Charizard's flame attack. And, (laughs) 
And when when that happens, two percent is turned to ash. No, no reference to the character. Just saying, and the other three percent gets distributed amongst everybody who owns a Charizard token. <laughs> Why? Nobody knows. It's just, I guess, to make the token unique, and it's working because it is selling like hotcakes. And everybody wants a Charizard token now. See, <laughs> how does cryptocurrency work? Because how can they make this a thing and still have it be viable? Do you know what I think that this burn technically is? I would almost say that's the transaction cost. So crypt, with but, every crypto tra- uh, transaction, there is a cost to it. And that's because even, when, when it gets written to the ledger, you lose a portion of the data. Or, or rather, it gets transmuted or I don't know, something to that effect. Okay. Okay. Weird. <laughs> it, look, it is strange. It is strange. But I, it is what it is, right? And if we're yeah. not knowledgeable enough on the situation and anybody out there wants to inform us, by all means, please do. Until then, <laughs> yeah. note that a Charizard token is balls, And... What they're doing with it as well is they're further going to be expanding upon it to whereby they want to make sort of a digital, I don't know if it was tokens or cards based on the first 151 Pokemon and they're going to sell them exclusively through NFTs and the Charizard token. And then they want want people to be able to trade them and stuff as well. So they're effectively taking the Pokemon trading card game to like the the blockchain. How Pokemon's going to react to that, I don't know. Uh, but I guess we'll have to see. <laughs> That's weird. Because That's you, you remember, we've spoken about NFTs before, whereby yeah. an image of something, you can put an, an NFT to an image, therefore making that image unique. Original. Now, imagine doing that with cards, but whereby, like, okay, a digital card, but now understand a digital card is not the same as a digital image, right? Let's go with that. Yes. Let's go with that for argument's yeah. sake. You could produce... 10 of each of these 151 cards that they're going to make and that's it that literally increases the value because they, they can't you know once it's been done it's done and that's actually how um crypto kitties works because technically each crypto kitty is its own nft so when you get yes. one it's completely unique to you and that's why the kitties with like super cool genetic twists like blue eyes or like pink irises or whatever end up going for like millions of dollars if you can believe that that's weird. I, I don't understand crypto at all. It's look, we shouldn't be ignorant, Ed. I think maybe for a future episode, we should look at the the basics, and we can just you know talk about it. Um, not not we super in depth, inf- of course, but we need to inform ourselves and our wonderful listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we now, should in- invest in like one percent of this and see where it takes us. What, you're what into into Charizard, a Charizard token, yeah. and see where we go with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. No. Look, one the, one the thing is with investment. blockchain. Well, when Gettle coin, okay, when Gettle yeah, coin like pops up, we'll invest all our, all our moolah into that, you know? That, that's um, look, gonna be blockchain lot, is though. very interesting. And I actually do own um, some cryptocurrencies, many of which have not done exp- exp- very well, but it doesn't matter. And I know others who've, who've invested really well as well into like coins that keep escalating in in price like ethereum and bitcoin but anyway we'll talk about that kind of strange language another time because now we're going to move on to talking about the language of love 
or rather the language of communicating with people you love. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. So this was just a very cool thing, um, like a study that I came across. And I guess it stands to reason that the longer you are with a partner, somebody that you love and you're sharing your life with, you know, whether married or unmarried, whatever the case is, you will, I suppose, naturally adapt to the partner in much the same way the partner adapts to you. You know, and maybe that'll be things like if you know your wife likes poached eggs and who knows, maybe you start getting an inkling for poached eggs. <laughs> poached eggs are amazing though. Yeah. Well, do, do you get what, I, what I'm saying? Right? Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's yeah. That kind of a thing. And, and mannerisms. And, yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you. Especially mannerisms. You know, it might be like the nod of a head, you know, when you both disagree on something, you know, especially with, you know, somebody that you're fighting with or somebody in the room and you want to give them that look of that bitch, you know. Yeah, it's, like, it's, mm, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Die. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so... This has been extensively studied, apparently, but something that hasn't is textual communication. So, this new study, which is which they've, well, not really, this new study which looks at the communications accommodations theory, which is actually what we were just talking about now, how people accommodate their methods of communication when they were in a significant relationship. They've now taken it a step further. And they've looked at textual-based communication, specifically by text messages, you know, which is very different from speaking to somebody in person or talking over the phone or, you know, face-to-face communication, even via Zoom, yeah. right? Yep. And it's, it's interesting because it exists. In other words, what, what actually ends up happening is specifically when they communicate with each other, the form of communication adapts and changes because... The theory basically states that um, there's something called linguistic alignment. And the reason why it exists is because as people grow cognitively and emotionally closer together, you know, it deepens their affiliation with each other. And therefore, they have this like common ground and common understanding. And they know what they mean when they say things. And yeah. when that happens, there's a less chance for miscommunication. Because we all know that you know, textual communication doesn't have nuance. You can't tell if somebody's angry with you or upset with you or whatever the case is when they're sending a message. Like somebody could say something jokingly and you could be offended because you think that they're being rude, but they're not. Now, what this does is, is, you know, what they've done is they've looked into this textual communication and they've realized that through the bonds of a relationship, and I suppose it makes sense at the end of the day, people learn to communicate with, with those that they love in a very specific and a unique way so as to ensure that the person that are communicating with their partner doesn't read into it in a negative way or rather doesn't read things into it that are not necessarily there isn't yeah, that yeah. interesting you know yeah, it's it's actually amazing it and it comes down to the fact that basically you're on the same page i guess that's yes, the best way that's, to, that's, to describe yeah, it yeah. um and yeah you literally you pick up little things little differences in the way they speak uh, well, text, I guess, um, that that basically makes you feel certain things. Like, I yeah. know when you, Hans, are a bit upset or frustrated <laughs> because I know the way you, you text when you are frustrated. And mm. I think it goes the same way for everyone. Um, like like friends and and loved ones and all of those. You, you, I don't speak, to, uh, I don't text to you. Exactly the same way I, I will text to, let's say, Marianne. And it's, oh, of course it's not. That's a different relationship. 
and, and that's a totally different way of texting as mm. well. It's it's fascinating to be fair. Yeah. Look, I'm glad you brought up other relationships because, as a matter of fact, I know I went in with love language, but mm-hmm. the the study looked at specifically fine uh, the language between romantic partners from a text based perspective, but it can yeah. be applied to basically any relationship. And as Edward is saying yeah. now, you know, especially with people you communicate with often, like friends and family, you can tell if they're having a bad day or a good day or if they're upset with mm. you or or if something's not right given how they normally communicate with you and it's just it's interesting yeah. it's interesting to note that um the normal means of of communication and and how we adapt is filtering through our technology that's super cool you know now that leads me on to something else and that is edward when you're yeah. out and about in the world, which I guess I suppose none of us ever are anymore, but you know how sometimes <laughs> I've <you> know, never <laughs> like let's say you're you're driving or whatever, and you see a yeah. a yellow buggy, uh, not a buggy, a ye- like a yellow beetle, right? Yep. And you're like, oh, there's a yellow beetle, and then you keep seeing a yellow beetle for like days on end, like 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 see, it keeps popping up. See, uh, I know what you wrote in the notes, okay? I used <laughs> to call this the rule of coincidence. Ah. Um, now, now, since I've seen what you wrote in the notes, I actually went and Googled the rule of coincidence. It's not what I thought it is at all. <laughs> um, and it's fascinating because suddenly you'll see this everywhere. Yes. Um, like, I think I mentioned to you in a few, episode, a few episodes back that um, I, I watched uh, Racing Stripes. Yes. Um, in my youth. And I saw the, the, the movies all about the zebra. And then suddenly I saw zebras everywhere on tracks, <laughs> on billboards. I saw live zebras. That is this, I guess. Well, Edward, this has a name. Technically, okay. there, there are two names. But the first name that was recorded for this phenomenon is called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Mm. Um, technically today there isn't, there is another term for it and it's, it, it goes by frequency illusion. And, you know, you might be looking at this and thinking to yourself, is it really an illusion though? Because I would like to think that for some of you out there who listen to Gettle is that sometimes you'll listen to us talk about something and then lo and behold, in your weeks ahead, oh, you'll see or hear about the things we talk about randomly and you'll be like, how so? How is this? And that's where Edward's, you know, why Edward Googled coincidence, you know, like, like, yes. like how, how does this serendipitous, you know, means of, of bumping into things that you now have discovered happen? Is it magic? Is, thank you. Yes. Like, 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 yeah. is, is it, is it a, a deity? Like, am I being controlled? Is, is there something <laughs> more? Is it intuition? Now, I would like to believe in, in the fact that intuition exists. Because mm-hmm. I've, I have felt for myself that it has saved me in the past, for lack of a better you know, term or expression. And it's very difficult to really discuss what intuition is other than a feeling. You know, sometimes you get a feeling about something. Gut feeling. Yes, yeah. that, that, that gut feel, that gut feel. Well, science technically says no. <laughs> that, <laughs> of course, that, science says you know, no. That no, that, that, that's not what it actually is. And that in sense, and, and that rather, it, this um, frequency illusion bears some similarity to something called synchronicity. And mm-hmm. that is where, you know, you th- you, 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 something happens and then you attribute like meaningful coincidence to it. Kind of like how 
you'll be thinking of somebody and then the phone will ring and it's them. Hmm. You see? So that has its own terminology and that's called synchronicity, which I thought was fantastic because there's actually a movie on Netflix called Synchronicity. Stay tuned for next week's review. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly you watch what all Suddenly the I'm like, yeah. I have to watch this now and see if it actually comes down to what I they're really talking feeling. about here. Yeah. You know? So, you know, and again, you know, th- that synchronicity is, you know, is linked to what you would say your gut feel or your intuition or whatever the case is. So yeah. the reason why science says that's not the case is because you can't measure that. So therefore, it's inherently flawed because uh, an intuitive feeling comes and goes and it's not repeatable. That's why mm-hmm. science is like, nah, can't be, you know. Um, more so what they say is that it has to do with the brain and how... The brain over time has been, not been developed, but how, how we all know the brain is incredible, right? And yeah. it is very much attuned to learning. And because of that, it's also attuned to picking up patterns. So more so what science says, specifically with this Bader-Meinhof phenomenon, is that your brain is picking up patterns that it would normally not see. Or rather, ignore. not see is not correct. Ignore is the right term. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So it's more like, so apparently, according to what they, they say about this, is that every day, your brain processes thousands and thousands and thousands of patterns. But every now and again, a mundane one like a yellow beetle, and when I say beetle, I'm talking about the car, not necessarily a beetle that flies around. <laughs> yeah. You'll see one. <laughs> and because you've seen one, every time, now your brain is looking for things that are yellow because that randomly you know you know when you probably saw it you're like oh i haven't seen a beetle in so long oh what an interesting color now that then sits there in your in your in your mind and then then all of a sudden you'll start seeing more yellow beetles and that's purely because your brain is now spotting a pattern it's being like okay you've seen one oh there's another one oh there's another one look that's at that cool. where normally you would filter it out and you wouldn't normally even bother looking at a yellow beetle driving around in much the same way how Edward has been seeing racing stripes or, or, or um, zebra stripes Zebras. everywhere yeah. where normally that would be blotted out. You wouldn't really care about a zebra stripe because you know what it is. You've seen many before. So why is it important now? It's only important because he watched a film which is in his recent memory and now his brain was attuned to how that movie made you feel and therefore cool. it spotted other patterns. And that is also part of it. The fact that you get enjoyment from seeing patterns you know, it, it's that whole, like, um, you know, reward system. You know, when you, see, when you see a pattern, you're like, oh, and you feel good. So, therefore, the brain is like, more feel good, more feel good, you know. <laughs> more feel good. More, more feel good. Very, very Hulk-esque there, you know. Yeah. And it's really just incredibly, um, a very interesting phenomenon. And uh, the scientists also went on to say that it's further amplified by something called the recency effect. And, and again, it's exactly what we've just discussed now, how... Edward saw a movie because the movie was recent. Therefore, him seeing these patterns were amplified. You see? Mm. It, it's just a, it's a really cool thing. And, and I personally always wanted to know what it was called. And now I know. It's the frequency illusion or the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. So now you know, y'all. If y'all are out there one day and you see this thing, or, or rather, let's say you're listening to a fantastic episode of Gettle and like now, let's say we're talking about this frequency illusion. Now, let us know if even in the next month or so, somebody's like frequency and illusion or talks about how they keep seeing things. Now, you know, you can be like, oh, that's the frequency illusion, you know? Or <laughs> if anything, this should subconsciously make you notice more 
fashions in your, around you um, Maybe. because it's, it's a suggestion listen um, listen there's no no there doubt for that as well no doubt y'all must be seeing pokemon in jurassic park all the time because that's like <laughs> yeah. 90% of what we speak about <laughs> you know it's pokemon and jurassic park <laughs> oh and something else we always like speaking about is coffee hey Ed? coffee yes um <laughs> And on that note, we also have a few coffee topics. Actually, um, we I have to speak about today. a lot of coffee topics. So I'm I'm quite interested to see where Edward is going to go with this because y'all know we be coffee lovers. <laughs> and on the topic of loving your coffee, um, have you noticed that you've been the coffee hasn't been affecting you as easily? Sacrilege! Times? How dare you! How dare you, Edward! How dare you speak of this divine fluid in such a way? How dare you say that it no longer impacts my life in a positive manner? How dare you insinuate? It, I'm sorry, my coffee. It, I'm forgetting it impacts. It, it's beautiful. Okay, I get that. No, yeah, I, 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 I actually, but, but, you know, I, I, I was thinking about that, and I think the only time that's happened to me in the past. So let me give you a little bit of like my coffee background, right? Oh, coffee mm-hmm. background, like I'm some connoisseur. Please, I'm just an espresso. It, it sounds okay. Go on. <laughs> I've always enjoyed it, and, and like most people, I started off with. Oh, I can't believe I'm admitting this, but you know, the Nestle's, the Nestle Golds, that kind of thing. Oh, anyway, haven't we all? <laughs> so then, from there, we moved on to the plunger coffees. You know, where you actually get the grounds, and you, you know, you. you you taste that and the drip coffee and it's just so delicious. And then from there, moved on to real beans and a machine that grinds them. So it's always fresh. And then, of course, from there, I'm now living that bougie Nespresso lifestyle and I only use the capsules. I'm sorry, the environment. But hey, yeah. they are recycled. Anyway, um, <laughs> what, what I'm trying to get at is that what I did notice before drinking Nespresso is how I would get a little bit bored of my coffee. And that's purely because Mm. it was always the same flavor. Now, I say this because I am sensitive to flavors. I can tell when a coffee is flavored. I can tell when there's something different with it or unique to it. Some people can't. They unfortunately don't have that. um, It's not even a skill. They just don't have that ability to it. And Edward, you're one of them a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) Um, So, so, yeah, hold on. So what I mean by that is that, yes. I understand what you're saying. Yes, there have been times in the past where my coffee, I don't want to say got boring, but like where I was a bit like, eh, I need a new flavor. However, that doesn't happen anymore because I live the Nespresso lifestyle. And and on average, I have 10 flavors at my disposal. So I can always pick and choose and I have like three or four flavors a day. Anyway, back to... Okay, so <laughs> what I'm getting at is the fact that you're not getting the same energy kick from it anymore. Oh gosh, you? you made me talk about flavors and going on about how <laughs> <laughs> you get saying, let me finish, so I let you finish. Um, okay. Um I would I don't hmm. No, I don't think so. I think it's because although I drink a lot of coffee, yeah, I don't I still feel it. I think yeah. it's because I again, again, I think this is because I drink so many different kinds of flavors of Nespresso that the caffeine intake is never the same. That's what I think. Yeah, that's... And and I can tell the difference. Just as a a quick example is there's this one, and I've forgotten the name. How how can I forget the name? 
It's like my favorite one. But there's this red one, um, this red Nespresso capsule. And I love drinking two of those at a time because, good golly, do I feel that anxiety afterwards. It's so good. Whereas, See, and, and that's, <laughs> that's perfect. See, I thought you were going to lead into that fact. Um, because the thing is, you are essentially doing... So, so for a bit of context, I found this guide on how to reset your body into getting the same kick from coffee that it used to mm -hmm. in the past. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is essentially one of these points, which is hacking your body um, into <laughs> by, thinking. By, by it's keeping different. it variable, by, by making yes. sure that the, the caffeine is not the same with every, every mug. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so this guide, it, it talks about um, oh, essentially not I just, I just, being, I just thought of something. Maybe what? that's why Nespresso is so popular. They know Maybe. the keys to keeping your caffeine addiction fresh. Different coffee variances. Yeah, that, that could very well be true. Um, My mind has just exploded. Anyway, yeah, please carry actually... on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you now, they have done research into this and they know this. Oh, of course. That's why they have. have like 40 flavors. Or, oh, my goodness. 40 my flavors goodness. with different varying coffee degrees. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's oh very, very, gosh, very Edward. much the truth. <laughs> I'm getting, I know it's weird um, to get goosies about this, but I'm just like this monopoly company owned by Nestle, by the way, which is one of the world's biggest polluters. Anyway, we'll get back to that yep. just now. That's that's also a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait to put an amber on that one. Um, so essentially, yeah, you're hacking your body with varying varying degrees of, of caffeine at varying times, which is very, very good. Um, for many people, though, this is not the fact, the case. So like you, they like, yeah, it used to be me. I, I, I have to be honest. Coffee didn't do anything for me at all, even though I love the flavor um, until I started drinking Nespresso and, and you drink Nespresso. I drink lore capsules for me. Nespresso doesn't taste as good as I think Laura does. Um, but it, it comes down to the same facts. <laughs> For those uh, of you who are not watching Nestle the video, well. I'm pulling a disgusted face of how dare you. Of course he is. <laughs> um, it, it, it's probably owned by Nestle as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but it also comes down to different flavors, different variations. Actually, I, um, okay, I know we're, 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 we're digressing here, but that yeah. interests me because it means that I'll, I might try Law because... Edward and I have previously spoken about um, several different coffee capsules, many of which are locally yeah. available, one of which is Turbidor. Um, yeah. I recently bought a new one called the, the Salted Caramel. Super disappointing. Just don't bother. But actually, to be I honest with you, one. I, found yeah. their, I found their things to be mostly mediocre, especially when compared yeah, to Nespresso now. Uh, just from mm -hmm. a, like, I find that it's very like watered down in comparison. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you know, little things like that, like the taste is not as good. So I will, I will, I will try law. Ed. I will, yeah, just I will buy see. a sleeve or two. Yeah, yeah I'll see how it um, goes. Anyway, but my favorite is the blue one. I forgot what it's called. So <laughs> try that one, okay. and then the purple one because that's a strong one. Okay. Anyway, and we digress. Um, so, so, so this guide it talks about how you can get how you can keep your kick or get it back. Um, now, as Ansel and I said, it's it's all about varying. For those of you who really don't feel anything anymore for those of you who drink like 10 cups a day the best bet is to just just quit cold turkey or alternatively to work it down slowly um, um according to this guide you might get your your kickback before you even stop drinking it at all for those who drink it cold turkey 
Um, they say eight days should reset your body t- totally. Oh, that's not completely. so bad. So it's only like a week, a week. without, yeah, without so coffee. Imagine getting a week without coffee and then suddenly getting a buzz by, by a single cup, you know? Um, and that, that's, 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 that's it. Not, not bad that's at all. Basically I mean, covered it all. No, but it's here. Keep it varied. So, okay, that's so, the so, point. So, so this, is, this is our suggestion, okay? Is that you need yeah. to be bougie and you need to... <laughs> you, need to <laughs> you need to uh, join the, the, the coffee capsule lifestyle, but make sure you recycle if you do. At least do your small part to attempting to curb... Yep. You know the environmental damage from products that are like single-use plastics. Now, the nice thing with a lot of yeah. these capsules is that most of them are biodegradable. So, you know, good job. Unless, of course, they have the um, the aluminium foil top, in which case you must peel that off. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that just just yet. Um, you know, it's it's so interesting to me because I had no idea I was even doing that, Edward, and now it makes sense yeah. as to why I'm always enjoying my coffee because yeah, it's always... always different, and, and why the enjoyment hasn't. You know, Gone away. you see, I initially thought it was the taste. So that's why I was talking to you about taste so much just now is, is, mm-hmm. is, is very much because I almost got bored of the taste, but I suppose what was actually ended up was actually happening was I wasn't bored of the taste because coffee always tastes delicious. I wasn't getting the same kick I was probably getting from drinking the same, the same ground up beans for like a week does that make sense yeah or longer yeah. So in a way in a way your body was forcing you to switch it up yes um, because you're, you you know there are different flavors so that's your brain saying hey maybe ah, just is, switch it, it up is, it's fascinating um, to me it's fascinating look so yeah for, for those of you who are listening I, I don't know if i've speaking, spoken about this before but i'm actually caffeine sensitive and a very good friend of mine from the u.s recently told me about how if you if i drink the, a, a light roast i will have more of a um, a caffeine, a, a, more of a poor caffeine experience because there's more caffeine in light roasts than there are in yes. dark roasts, and I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, when I thought about it, I realized that's actually very true because in the past, when I would go to a Starbucks and order a light roast, I would have a bad headache afterwards after drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, granted, it was like a venti, but regardless, I would have you know like a headache an hour later, which I would normally never have if I normally drink dark coffee. You know, the a, a, a more dark ground coffee. Anyway, very interesting. Thank you for this. Mm. Um, I love the fact that I've been keeping it fresh without even realizing it, purely because I live a life of variety. (laughs) But um, now now that's the other thing. Because you've been drinking so much coffee, Hans, do you know that you've been keeping yourself probably mega healthy without even exercising? Do you know why I drink so much coffee? Because you love it? I mean, that aside... That aside, okay, it actually uh, be- it actually is for me an, a health thing. Okay, so I oh, I'm loath to admit it, but I suffer from from gout. Uh, for me, it's very much genetic, so it's not from poor eating or anything like that. I just my body doesn't mm-hmm. process the uric acid the way that it's supposed to, and I've known for about what six seven years now. So I'm I'm on meds for it and everything. Anyway, thing is, thing is. Coffee is known to assist with preventing gout attacks. That's amazing to know because <laughs> I did not know that. Now, of course, I, of course, bear in mind now, um, the studies are for n- naked coffee. And of course, without, uh-huh. without sugar, naturally. Yeah. Um, I, I do admittedly drink mine with coconut milk, but I also do enjoy black coffee as is. And the thing is, Co- black, black coffee, coffee is just as is with the antioxidants that it has is actually really, really good for you. 
And I think this is yeah. what you were going to, this is you, this is what you're going to, right? Um, in a way, yes. Um, like I've been, I drink white coffee totally black and without sugar and milk, mm. um, especially for the last few months. And that's exactly like you mentioning gout now is beautiful to me because <laughs> I did not know that. And it's a good thing because another thing I literally just the day before yesterday, um, found out mm. is that it's also good for prostate cancer. Yes, um, yes, you're right. In in, in essence, it, it prevents prostate cancer. Oh, um, no wonder the doctor said I was good and healthy. Yeah, like <laughs> feel it up and it's, it feels good. Um, on, a, on a separate note, it's good to get yourself checked. Please, anyway, please um, gentlemen, if you're 30 plus, yes. it is time. Twice a year is No, that's too much. It's once a year. <laughs> 30 plus, tw- twice a year. No, once a year. That's what I've been told. When you, when you get to over 40, then maybe, depending on maybe. if you have issues or not. Maybe. But once a maybe year is generally is good. Just... <laughs> Your doctor, hmm, Edward, <laughs> likes, likes, to, likes to... likes <laughs> <laughs> to... feel that nub. Uh, well, actually, they don't even um, do that anymore. You know, it's all blood tests now, they... so... Well, oh, no. I had a full body exam last year. I did not go this year yet. By the way, when you say full body, are you talking about prostate stimulation or just? (laughs) No, I had all the checks, including feeling up there. Why? It's literally a blood test. (laughs) That was last year. Or Um, rather, you know what? I will give you. I'll give you the the urologist that helped me because he actually just he scanned it with the, um, you know, like I want want to say when people are pregnant, uh, they go for that. uh, It's it's the same thing, and they put it. They do it on your um, your pelvis, and they can look at it that Mm. way. You, you, need, you need to come to the 21st century, Edward. Ain't nobody need to be feeling up there. I've, <laughs> I'm fine with the feels. <laughs> Back to coffee, anyway, keeping you so, healthy. <laughs> yes, keeping your prostate healthy. So um, in, in findings published in the BMJ Open, um, scientists found that... Uh, now, now, when I say scientists, I mean they studied 16 different... Uh, they looked. They analyzed sixteen different studies. Wow! Um, from over a million subjects. A and million? Are you sure? Yeah, that is huge. Over, wow! Over one million adult men were wow. were analyzed in in sixteen different studies. It should be mentioned. It's incredible. Yeah, they found that those who drank coffee were less likely to get prostate cancer, um, and significantly so as well. Um, it, the thing that what I found fascinating about this, especially, is that people drink coffee without even noticing it, obviously, <laughs> and without even knowing the benefits of coffee. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, now, in many of these men, they actually were told, "Okay, this is what you're going to do," and half of them, um, a good one hundred thousand or so, well, I say one hundred thousands, were given um, what what is it called? So kind of like a placebo. Uh, I don't oh, know yeah. the, the right. word for it. Oh, yeah, because you have food. to have a control and then you have to have the, the test. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they found that those, w- given the real thing, uh, had a tw- 12 to 16% lower risk. That is substantial. prostate cancer. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and that's fatal prostate cancer. Um, wow. Uh, above the, I think it was 30% otherwise. Um, but it should be noticed, uh, noticed that 
this is all just in correlation of. Uh, the, um, it look, was not. That's a very important distinction to make. Eh? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because it was not studied whether these men were healthy men. They were gymming. They were eating healthy. Um, but it's good to know that it affects the prostate and it, on top of gout, Alzheimer's, we now have prostate cancer to thank I'm, I'm as well. I'm curious as well. now with the study, did they mention mm. how they were supposed to drink it? Like, did it have to um, be black or could they drink it the way that they wanted to? I did not, uh, I can't remember if they were supposed to drink it a special way, but I know they were given Italian based coffees. So that, that's okay. basically espressos. It, the, I ask, um, I ask because, you know, you mentioned here how it, it only looked at the fact that they were taking coffee, not their lifestyle yeah. and other factors which could contribute to why they were healthier in general. Ex- yeah, see? yeah. Because, you know, I would imagine that somebody who's having a Starbucks every day with all the sugar mm. and the, you know, well, specifically See, the sugar more than anything else would be mm. more of a negative impact than somebody who possibly, let's say, drinks a espresso with a little bit of, of, of coconut oil, for example. That's a thing. Um, See? And I, I think the reason they, they, they make special note that this is only a correlation kind of analysis is because there were, there were 16 studies. Mm. And I think the, the, the scientists that, that, that analyzed all of these studies, they weren't... Um, in charge of how the coffee was induced or or injected and taken, so yeah, um, that's amazing. To be that, that's, to, to that's, answer that's, your question, no, but that's I, either way. Even if it's just a correlation, the fact mm. is there is a link. In other words, yeah, re- I mean, you know, it just means that the, all of these people had coffee or they were given this whatever coffee you Italian coffee to drink and. The results yeah. showed a correlation, regardless of lifestyle. That is still, to me, significant. It's all the more reason me. why um, I, should, I should keep drinking coffee here, Edward. We should all yeah, keep drinking keep coffee, and it life. makes the coffee purchases I made yesterday again all the more worthwhile. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> because when you make a coffee purchase, you make a coffee purchase. So <laughs> I had to. So I, I needed. I needed that. some decaf. It's it's funny, like because we were talking about caffeine oh, just now, but about, about keeping mm. you healthy. So I, I've mentioned to you before how I can be caffeine sensitive. So what I do mm-hmm. to because I really don't sleep very well, as Edward knows, although I've been sleeping fairly decently, but just in general to make sure that I'm not contributing to not sleeping poorly, is I will in the evenings prefer to drink a decaf just for the sake of ensuring that I'm giving myself the best possible means of falling asleep. <laughs> I say that though, and for the last couple of nights, I've only had normal coffee at like nine o'clock. So, and I've been sleeping fine. So that's basically me. So yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe you're just getting back into rhythm. You know, maybe like in the past, maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah. So tell me, are, are we are we still speaking more about prostate health here, or because still, because, still? okay, because yes, Edward's fascinating facts are all kind of merging with one another which is really great yes um you know about how coffee keeps you healthy but also because of the whole prostate thing but now he actually has a lot of really great facts to help you with keeping your prostate healthy and i think what we're going to do before edward just mm -hmm. begins is (laughs) just so that Um, we can really talk about it but just 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 that little you know that little just (laughs) So, so no, look, I mean, I, I, those... I have to, though, because you do know that that 
I mean, because we've been speaking about coffee now and you're speaking about prostate and you're now we're, we're, we're all going with this and how, you know, coffee is often seen as an aphrodisiac, especially caffeine. Yeah, it is. You know? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's an, it's just interesting um, that this is where we're going. I mean, I don't know if you knew, and I just want to just interject this quickly, just before you begin your 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 your, your part there quickly, is how they've actually done studies on rats with caffeine and how it actually increases mm-hmm. female libido. And now yeah. they want to do more studies in terms of how that translates to the human libido. Uh, yeah. So take that with a grain of salt for now until maybe at a later stage. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I've actually been recommended this very post you just linked. To oh, really? And yeah, it's fascinating. And yeah, I did know it's is it, is it, libido. But, you know, are you seeing patterns, Edward? Somebody. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm seeing patterns. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're going to see so many prostate things now going forward. Oh, caffeine and prostate. Oh, you have no idea. Listen, half of this, <laughs> usually it's only one point I find, and then the rest just comes because I keep being, I keep noticing more. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Look, so we, we, we've, we've essentially delved into the health benefits and how good it is and that, that yes. incredible study with how it reduced it by like 16% or whatever. But now yeah. we must talk about other than, so coffee aside, right? So let's, let's push, because like we've spoken about that more than enough now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the other... Because I see you've written quite a quite a lot of cool things here about keeping yeah, yeah, it yeah. healthy. So, caffeine and coffee aside, which we know is glorious, nectar of the gods. What else is there to make sure, other than getting checked, of course, which is very important? What else can we do? Mm-hmm. Ed, tell us. Well, so so, I, on top of all <laughs> that, um, it's not so much things you can do. Well, there are things you can do as oh, well. Of like, course, there are things you can do. Like, <laughs> like jerking off is one, and having lots of sex. Um, the, with the, protection. the way jerking off is the main, yeah, with or without, it depends no, with, on, with, I guess, all the time. if you're with your wife, you don't need to have protection. Unless you want children. Um, yeah, Unless you that, don't want any more <laughs> <laughs> No, then you get snapped. Uh, the reason jerking off is mentioned as the main thing here is because sex isn't available as much as your hands are um, most of the time. Yeah. Unless you like Chuck Bass or something from Gossip Girl, I guess. Even then, um, okay, Blair gave him lots of bet. Okay, so he had to look elsewhere. Yeah, at so. the end there, they had to. <laughs> okay, let me tell you. I know you're bringing the, the Gossip Girl in here. Let me tell you, they were also they also had to go to Mrs. Palmer and her five her five maids or whatever. Probably, especially, <laughs> especially someone like Chuck. Um, so, so jerking off is one big thing you can do to Actually, keep your prostate healthy. it's one of the best. Because, yeah. Yeah, but because... Continually cycling sperm is is actually a, a beautiful way to keep your prostate healthy because it keeps working um, in a sense. Um, to, to to paraphrase what I've written there, um, it's like a car and do, doing getting an oil change. Except you should yeah. do this oil change daily. Exactly, it, it's <laughs> it's actually a very good thing to to ejaculate at least once a day, um, whether that's by sex or jerking off or whatever, or both. Um, Another thing you can <laughs> another thing you can do is is eating. Well. Wait, and wait, no, wait. Be, no, before you go further than that, you, there's a really interesting stat here that you have to mention. Okay, it says uh, here, it says here, <laughs> five or more times per week, y'all. Okay, yeah, that's once a day. That's literally and, once. Yeah, a but day, I mean, so. give people a break, okay? <laughs> so, so what you're so saying Monday is Monday to Fridays <laughs> and Saturday and Sunday you can rest. <laughs> Okay, that means on Tuesday and Thursday you go twice. 
Okay, <laughs> if you're gonna give yourself a rest on oh, Saturday gosh. and Sunday, but but the, I don't know if it works like no, that. But the, no, but no, but the, the interesting thing here that I'm reading in your note here is that if you are mm. to do that, so five or more yeah. times a week, right? It results yeah, yeah. in a thirty-four percent less your your chances of developing right. prostate cancer are thirty-four percent less by the age of seventy. Yeah. that Edward, yep. that is huge. That is not a yeah. that is significant. So. It's, it's, if y'all drink coffee and masturbate every day, you'll be golden. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> In many, many No wonder he was so one. happy with mine when I went. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that, that's the drum. That's the drum right there. But um, but but on top of that, you also eat. Lots of healthy foods um, and with lots of spices, Hans. Oh, I love um, I love spices, uh, chilies yeah, so, and things like that. Yeah, exactly. That helps. And, and the thing is, it, that is literally helps. Um, according to research from the holistic urology at Columbia, um, they literally mentioned that eating spice, um, especially um, many spices. Um, I don't know which. I th- I did make a note. So but you, I you've got, uh, it's ginger, oregano, rosemary, and go. green tea. There that's ain't it, no chilies it. here, but I, goodness knows I ate more than enough ginger and garlic. You garlic have lots of ginger life. and garlic. Um, <laughs> also, um, it's not written here, but garlic is one of them. Um, also, just, just to give you another stat, um, is that by yeah. consuming these herbs and spices you actually can you can reduce prostate cancer cell growth by 78 percent. that's what i was getting that at yeah is um huge. because all of these spices um including garlic but that's not really a spice but it it's also included because i'm going to speak about that now so i'm just thinking if you if yeah. you were to grate ginger into your coffee every day Oh gosh, no! <laughs> Why? It would be. Like, I'll grate that into my tea. I've had ginger not tea. Coffee. Why not? We could give. I, I, you know what? I will give this a try this week, and I'll let you know okay. if ginger coffee is, okay. is good or bad. How does that sound? Okay, but then you need coffee that's not flavored. You know. No, I'll just. I mean, look. When I say flavored, I mean Nespresso is not flavored, but they taste different depending on where the beans come from. So like they're infused. No, they're not infused. Well, at least not infused Aren't in the, the way that everybody else does it. So like, you know, like that salted caramel one we were talking about, like that just, that tastes artificial, you know, but like yeah. Nespresso has like, for example, they've got like a Cape Town variant, which tastes uniquely different to the Tokyo variant, but not because of added flavors, just because the beans are from different locations. So obviously they taste different, okay. you know. Anyway, okay, anyway. Well, let me know then. Maybe, maybe. So yeah, I'll, 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 I'll maybe, I'll maybe take one of the more the, the non. So I mean, like not chocolate or vanilla or something. Just like one of the ones yeah. that's actually like from somewhere in the world. One that I enjoy. Somewhere like actually, Italian I'll Arabica take, or I'll something. take the, no, I'll take the ristretto because that's generally like a nice baseline. That's a weird one. No, that's the, the black one. It's a very nice um, baseline. It's, you know, that's it's strong. Um, it's a good baseline. If I mix. Ginger into that, of course, without milk, I would imagine. I think that'd be really good. Y'all, yeah, y'all, we're so. helping y'all here. So, you, would you, so basically, yeah, our recommendation is ginger coffee and then masturbate afterwards, and you'll be free from prostate cancer. <laughs> you'll be amaz- amazing, yeah. And you'll also have lots of energy. Please note, this is not real uh, health advice. <laughs> yet we are not doctors. Um, uh, fine, this is not medical recommendations or whatever, but I actually see here, I know we're, we're, we're talking about like spices and stuff like that, the doctors have given their concoction a name? 
it's called well, Zyflamend. <laughs> yeah. And here I was thinking we're going to have um, Hans Ed 01 or something, which is going to be the, the coffee and the ginger. <laughs> I mean, I doubt that much. Yeah, the thing is, Zyflamend is essentially just um, a concoction, a medical concoction. If you if you click on the link that yep. we won't be posting in the show notes, but that I put there, it literally takes you to a bottle of pills called Zyflamine you can it's buy. Just, what, um, just the herbs, the herbs and, and spices. That's literally all it is. Um, and Ooh. it's said to inhibit COX-2 proteins, which is essentially the same proteins <laughs> that make any disease work in your body. Um, they called it COX-2? Yeah. Um, <laughs> a few episodes back, well, at the beginning of the COVID episodes, um, we we spoke about this COX two protein, which is okay. it, it looks like a little ball if if you look at Google images or whatever, with lots of holes. Now yes. those holes are difficult to cover by normal inhibitors such as this, which is why the the protein, the the, the COVID vaccinations, they are made to essentially well they well, are thinner in the, substance. The mRNA ones, right? Not the, the yes. other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, all I know is that, that they essentially go into those holes and help destroy them, what, which is happening. Um, so, wait, wait, yeah, wait. So, 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 you're saying that this, okay, we, I'm, I'm, I just love the word Zyflamend, but essentially these um, herbs and spices and things actually contribute towards that. That's, yeah. They, they help inhibit it, that it activity. That, that's, so, yes. wouldn't that, I mean, Again, we're not medical experts, so please, this is not, don't consider mm-hmm. this as medical advice at all. But then wouldn't it then stand to reason that taking these things mm-hmm. in general would be good for you? I, I mean, would think so. I would think so. Um, because yeah. like green tea, it's just generally good for you. I drink a few cups a week um, just to, to cleanse and it's it keeps you healthy. It's like... Um, so there we go. So if, if, if we continued... So, so there we go. That rather than... Okay, I'm still going to do the whole ginger coffee thing. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is have your coffee every day, but maybe have at least one green tea every day as well with some ginger. That sounds like a plan. Hey? Yeah. Just add it to your regimen. Yeah. Like I would easily grate some ginger into my green tea. I think yes, that's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. And it, it mm. does it help any in any other way with your your peen? You're making it bigger, hopefully not smaller. Um, <laughs> I don't know about bigger or smaller in terms of green tea, but I do know <laughs> on that topic. Um, on well, we you've mentioned Earth Day and keeping the Earth healthy a yes, lot yes. throughout this episode, and for good reason because it's it's just number one, it's very good to do so. Well, I mean, and we only two, have one planet, right? Exactly, and and it's been Earth Day recently, or it, it's coming. Um, I forgot the date. By, by the time this airs, um, it would have passed. So we can just talk yeah, about okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. So so, and I found a small post that that basically just it mentions shrinking penises. Okay, and for okay, but like the, but like legit, legit making them smaller, yes. or like you've got into the water and it's really cold, small. Oh, no, like legit <laughs> evolutionary smaller. Yeah, yeah. Um, if there was ever a problem, we need to combat. <laughs> okay, wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's talk, talk about it first before we get to that. Okay. Okay, so um, I found this intriguing little post about a Dr. Shana Swan okay. who published a new book called um, 
uh, it doesn't matter what the book is called. What matters is <laughs> the fact that what she published is, is, is essentially saying that stuff called phthalates, which is an amazing word. They're in I everything. I've, I've heard of that before. Yeah, they're in everything. Yes, especially in the plastics we have all around us. That, that That's the most, be, the biggest use of the phthalates. Oh, man. Um, they are literally infecting our bodies in such a way that our children and our fertility fertility rates are getting impacted. But they're um, giving everybody smaller penises, yeah. Yes. Like ladies, uh, you should she, be concerned as well. <laughs> she's noticed that that um penises from babies born recently um um inhibit uh exhibiting proof of phthalates in, in the blood system. Yeah, yeah are actually notably smaller than, than penises of men born years ago um, when phthalates were not as... Uh, as prevalent. As prevalent, that, thank you. Um, and yeah, it's, it's also okay, apparently impacting I'll, fertility rates, um, which is bad. But I'm curious now. Yeah. Did they do a long-term study at all? Meaning, sure... Maybe it's smaller at birth, but is it smaller as a matured adult? Um, I don't know how long-term the studies were, but but one of the studies comes from 2017, so it's long ago. It's yeah. just mentioned in, in the book. Um, it did take, I think, four, four decades of studies of, uh, of, of, of human uh, subjects, mm. not studies, um, in consideration, and I think one hundred one seventy five uh, human adults were studied. Um, I think. So. Well, okay. It was, I can't it, okay. remember the, the notes. You said I, yeah, I can't remember over forty five thousand men were studied in yes. in one hundred eighty five studies, and oh, that's in, it, yeah, that's and it, in yes. that, um, the sperm levels in Western countries, in particular have dropped by over 50% in the last four decades because of phthalates. That yes, is because of phthalates, I think. I think the F is silent. Phthalates. Phthalates, yes. yeah. That is, um, oh, I say F, but it's PH. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's, pha- <laughs> it's, it's an F. Phthalates. <laughs> uh, I did Google it and it's phthalates. Okay, either way, so. that is actually very scary. It's huge, um, yeah. And it's all Especially the more reason the why single-use plastics need to be eradicated. Yes. This is because not only are they detrimental to the environment and to the oceans, but they're filled with phthalates that we are now ingesting and we're having a lot of negative repercussions from it. Not only now in smaller penises for generations to come, but actually infertile. Making people infertile. In conclusion, in conclusion, throw your garbage in the bin or get a small pee-pee. Oh my goodness. Edward, did you see that? that, that no, the, the, well, this is, this is just to, to really compound this fact, to really drive it home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dr. Swan, which Edward has mentioned before, says yeah. that through the research that they've done, the decreasing fertility rate implies that by the year 2045, most men will not be able to father children. Yep. That is... Sperm is decreasing. Scary. Mm-hmm. 
Well, then again, then again, <laughs> you know, in one of the previous episodes, we did speak about babies out of the womb. So maybe who knows? You can just uh, artificially go and get one little head artificially inseminate it and let it grow in the lab and you get your baby later. <laughs> I mean, we're heading towards I mean, lab, grown, lab grown meat. We must have lab grown babies too. I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> I don't know if I am. Okay. Uh, and that is the end of NSFW. <laughs> I, I actually meant to do that just now because now we're, we're, we're talking about something else entirely. So anyway, sorry yeah, about just that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, okay. I do agree with you that if you could do it naturally as much as possible, you should. And that if you, yeah. that, that external womb thing should really be like a last resort because I know they've done studies on children in the womb and how that experience influences children once they're born. So now what if you, like, what are children going to be like who are born in an artificial womb? Do you know what I mean? Where they don't hear the noise and sounds of mom and dad and surrounding, you know, get what I'm saying? But but aren't there already, like, lab babies existing? Like Not grown out of the womb. People who are... So in other words, no, no, I mean grown in in in, in uh, jars, no, which is the yet. same thing. Not yet. Oh, okay. Because remember okay. the, the, when we spoke about the lamb thing, they've only been able to get the gestation halfway, because when it gets to the point of needing an umbilical cord, they haven't developed that yet. Oh, you see? yes, I remember. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're definitely not there yet. But but then you see, it brings up other factors. So like, what would you do? Would you record mother and father's voices and then play them on like a loop? around the baby, you know, like the mother's heartbeat. You know, there are all of oh. these things that, you know, would, mm. that in, my understanding is influence the development of children, of babies in the womb. So I'm curious to know how we would combat that. But I guess that's a discussion for another episode of Gettle. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Great episode, Ed. Yeah, um, I think so. Enjoyable. Very informative. Almost entirely unedited. Which was great. Oh I'm liking that we're headed in uh, this this direction. It just makes my life a lot easier. Plus, I just enjoy it more, you know? There's less uh, needing to... I mean, it's our, it's our opinion. It's our discussions. Everyone seems to... We've, we've been getting really good feedback with all of the unedited episodes, by the way. I mean, you know this. I, I mean, I'm talking to you people who are watching and listening. You seem to all really enjoy it, and we appreciate the feedback. So we're going to keep trying to do it as much as possible. And that means we may eventually if we're able to work out the tech is do a live stream at some point in time where we can talk about mm. things and actually get viewer and listener questions, you know, where we can actually interact with you and we can talk about what we talk about and hear what your opinions are and what you have to say. I think that'd be really yeah, cool. And, and be told live how wrong we are. In <laughs> people. Yes. Uh, advice. <laughs> I can just imagine somebody being there, like, by the way, your facts are incorrect. And then we can be like, and we'll just be okay. like, ban <laughs> yeah. ban that guy, and we will continue. <laughs> uh, this is our bubble, okay? It's, it's something we will we'll possibly consider in a future episode, obviously. Yeah. Maybe for like a big yeah. one, maybe like our 60th or something. Yeah, we'll figure we'll it out. We'll figure it out. Alrighty then. Thank you so much, everybody, for once again tuning in to another episode of Gettle. We do hope you enjoyed, and if you did, you do know what to do. Until then, Edward and I wish you all have a wonderful week further, 
And until the next episode, half an hour. Bye.